Welcome to Two Men On, ladies and gentlemen. 110%. Kill the cards. Oh, what yeah, I remember that one. Tell where you are. I was telling you suck. You know what? I, I quit. I really quit. <laughs> the Kwame Brown of fantasy baseball. I love enough somebody to say that. Wayne Grove Party Con, right? Yeah. You're regretting this already. <laughs> Which two men are on? T-M-O, baby. All wood, no cork. TMO number 30. Epic changes in the BDL. New positions, new regular season, new postseason. Today, we bring you one epic interview with a GM who's seen his fair share of BDL highs. Now is it time NorCal begins to feel some BDL lows. You're listening to BDL Radio. This is Two Men On. Okay, they're back. CBS projections and how your team stacks up. Go grab your keyboard, blow off some office work, and tell us what you think in the TMO chatter thread. Does CBS stand for certain bullshit? You're listening to Johnny of the Killer Cars, along with my co-host ex Hor Dinaire, Scotty of the Gens. What's up, brother? What's up, Johnny? Just gearing up for this 2013 BDL season. We are on the cusp, my friend. I can't believe it's finally here. I know it's great. It's been a long off-season. A long off-season. It really has. We're starting to get back into this now, but um, it doesn't doesn't make the time go any quicker. No. No, it doesn't. You know, this is, uh, man, it's such a great time of year to be able to look at these standings, look things over, and, you know, start making those predictions about who's going to finish where. And, you know, we got uh, uh, the, the release of uh, Mike's Ve- uh, BDL Vegas odds just this week. And yeah. you know, an interesting look. Um, but I think what we're going to do today is take a look, just like we did last year, at uh, at CBS projections and see what uh, CBS has to say about where uh, each team is going to end up, how the, t- new, the, the two excuse me the two new leagues are going to uh, shape out towards the end of the year, and um, definitely some contrasts between the two. Uh, Johnny, I know we uh, of course have been putting uh, compiling the rankings based on CBS projections here over the last several days. Why don't you just uh, tell, the, tell the guys a little bit about how, how they were developed? Yeah, I mean, okay, every team, uh, we took their top 28 players as ranked by uh, CBS, um, basically averaged it out, compared it to the rest of the league. Um, we're going to go through league by league and kind of tell you where we think uh, CBS might be full of it and uh, where they maybe got it right. Um, I think we could probably just start uh, with the PCL. Uh, I haven't torn that one yet, I don't think. Let's do it. Um, So right off the bat, I got the Amish in front of me. Um, Number one player, Matt Kemp, is ranked sixth overall. His his bottom, his 28th player, is Luke Gregerson, 474th overall. Um, He's got an overall ranking of 252-64. 0.64. Um, I mean, right off the bat, uh, he's got a solid outfield. Kemp, Cespedes, Upton. But what I'm looking at on his team, uh, they've got Chase Utley down here, Roto rank of 120. Um, and Colby Rasmus, another outfielder for him, ranked 287. So I'm thinking 
you know, his team, if these two guys basically can do anything, um, you know, close to what I feel they're capable, CBS is selling the Amish way short. Well, I think that's... I think that's evident when you when you look at the the overall rankings, you know that that we that we've compiled here based on those CBS projections and uh, just eyeballing it quickly, it looks like there are four teams projected ahead of uh, the Amish in the Pacific Coast League, uh, which would mean that uh, that the Amish Brotherhood would uh, that they're on the outside looking in of the playoff picture, uh, if I see that right. Um, so that's you know that's definitely not something I agree with. Um, where where do you see uh, the Amish coming in there in the PCL, Johnny? Uh, your 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 own opinion. I I think this is really one of the you know more uh, not controversial, but one of the more uh, you know in, in interesting teams to watch this year because uh, the Brotherhood, along with a couple others um, of teams that have never made the playoffs in the BDL, but stand a really good chance of doing so for the first time this year. So, uh, wh- where do you see them actually ending up? Yeah. I mean, that they, they can be a playoff team and I think they've become pro- controversial, uh, because of just how many seasons they've been, they've been improving and getting there and, and just waiting for that, you know, over the hump. And I think as much uh, as people uh, rag on Joe, um, I'm kind of pulling for him. Uh, you know, he's done a great job. Um, he's got better than 50-50 chance to, to finish in the top four, I think. Yeah, I think definitely. Uh, when you look at, at the CBS rankings, um, those four teams that are ranked above the Brotherhood just on that value ranking, that Roto ranking, uh, Wrigleyville, they come in at 249.68. Uh, the Bulaway Bulldogs, 241.04. Uh, the Beers, uh, Malibu Bay Beers, 218.36. And, of course, the top-ranked team in that league, the Crawford Cramps, uh, ranked second overall based on the CBS projections, 135.96. Um, so that, that kind of gives you a picture uh, uh, you know, of, of how the, the PCL looks according to CBS uh, among the teams in that league that that are vying for the playoffs, uh, do, h- how do you think that CBS did projecting the teams at the bottom of that league? Though, you know, we've got uh, what the Gooey Ducks. Um, That's right. Uh, who who else am I looking at? The Mavericks and the Rebels are are right down there as uh, three of the lowest lowest teams ranked uh, according to CBS at least. Um, I actually have the Gooey Ducks in front of me. Um, stick it, staying in the PCL here. Um, there's a lot of sneaky guys on this. I mean, his highest ranked player is 61, uh, Victor Martinez. Um, he's got his 28th best player, uh, Corey Kluber. Uh, I guess that's how you say his name. Ranked 1,220th. So I mean, it's kind of skewing um, his team. Brian Mattis 868, Nate Avaldi 493. I mean, even uh, Ryu and Matt Harvey are in the 300s, so I think they've got a, a, a big-time chance to uh, improve over this uh, ranking by CBS. Um, I like what Connor's done. Um, I think just because they're young and a lot of his uh, guys are unproven, um, CBS just hasn't given them any respect at all. 
Well, one thing that the CBS projections and the uh, Vegas odds did agree on uh, was that the, the Gooey Ducks are the worst team in the Pacific Coast League. And, in fact, the Gooey Ducks are the worst team in the entire BDL. So there is that. Um, you know, you can, I guess, split hairs on, uh, you know, how accurate those CBS projections are. And I know we, we all have our issues with CBS from time to time. So, you know, we can, we can dissect that all show long if you wanted to. Um, but the fact of the matter is those two rankings do sync up. Uh, you have the Gooey Ducks in last place, uh, not only in the PCL, but in the entire BDL. Um, across both of those sets of rankings. Yeah, I mean, Connor's been relatively quiet, um, but there's been hints uh, since he joined the league. Um, I'm not sure he's he's looking to wait too long to compete. Uh, I know he's he's going young, sticking young, uh, but it depends on how he wants to play this season. I could certainly see him not finishing last uh, easily. Easily, he's got enough talent here, uh, I think. Uh, and you remember, he took over for Scott, who, uh, you know, made the playoffs. At, was it that that first year, with not hardly this roster? Um, so we'll certainly see on them. Um, well, I think one, uh, uh, just shifting to a different team real quick here, Johnny. One one team mm-hmm. that uh, you know there is a stark contrast. Uh, between the, the, the Vegas odds and the CBS projections that we have in front of us here. Uh, Kill Devil Hill's elevation. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at the elevation, uh, the CBS basically has them on the playoff bubble. You know, number 11 team with averaging 270 ranking, 270.5. But when I looked at his roster, honestly... Um, and I love Ort. I'm I'm hoping he makes it to Atlanta again. Uh, there's only one name I highlighted, and it wasn't a good highlight. It was, uh, you know, he's counting, I think, on Josh Rutledge to do something for his team. And, you know, I know he actually, he, he just traded for um, Zobris, didn't he? These were compiled prior to that trade. Uh, but going forward with Altuve and Rutledge, his middle infield, a um, bunch of average players, according to CBS, and I'm sorry to say, according to myself also. <laughs> I'm sure you'll have a lot to say about this too, Johnny. The CBS rankings, of course, have the Killer Cars as the second worst team um, in, in the in the PCL, with a ranking of 299.54, uh, coming in just above the uh, the Gooey Ducks. They are on the overall PCL ranking. Uh, you fared a little bit better in the Vegas odds with a projected 85.5 wins uh, for, uh, what is that, best for, uh, or for uh, sixth place overall in, in, in the PCL based on the Vegas right. odds. So, um, you know, kind of a gloomy forecast for, for the Killer Cars uh, from, from both sets of rankings going into the preseason. What, what are your, your thoughts on that personally? Yeah, I, I have a horrible team. <laughs> I think um, really I'm just waiting on, on uh, I'm anticipating a handful of guys coming up to help um, by the end of the year so my goal is to tread water basically and stay close enough in the playoff hunt um, I really think uh, looking at CBS they, they value Ryan Howard 
for as an for an example at 202 i think he's got a shot to definitely be top 10 first baseman possibly get back to uh top five um ranking this year i think he's going to be back to prove something obviously after the injury and a lot of the, the rest of these rankings in my top 28 um are just young guys that haven't proven yet so uh for me I'm relatively comfortable because this is, uh, I purposefully built it this way. Um, just got to hope it it performs. And uh, at 299, average of 299.54, I'm hoping um, for a big time increase by the end of the season. I'm sure. Let's look at the entire PCL top to bottom just to give kind of a macro view uh, of that league. Um, the CBS projections note that the Crawford Cramps uh, as we mentioned, uh, best team in that league at 135.96 um, and second overall in the entire BDL. Uh, then you have to go down to uh, the number five team overall to get to the second place team in the PCL, the, uh, the Malibu Bay Beers. I don't know whether people consider that a surprise or not. But uh, moving on down, number three in the PCL, the Bulawayo Bulldogs, slotted for a, a, a playoff berth, according to PCL. And right behind the Bulldogs, uh, who would be a first-time uh, playoff participant, the Wrigleyville Woo uh, at number four. Of course, we already noted the Amish Brotherhood come in at number five. Uh, number six, uh, Kill Devil Hills, Elevation. Number seven, the Killer Cars. And, of course, number eight, the Gooey Ducks. Yeah, I mean, for me, you had, you had mentioned uh, the beers and whether or not people are surprised by that ranking. I mean, I, I mentioned last show that um, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, what I think he has is depth, because even though um, I lo- I'm looking at his top five rankings, I mean, he's got, let's look, six players in the top 100. Um, Molina, Goldschmidt, Headley, Weeks, Rios, Carlos Gomez. And I think each of those guys kind of uh, really performed to their peak last year. Um, you might be able to question them. Then you go to the, the next five for them. Trumbo, Aoki, Eric Ibar, Soriano, and Chris Davis. And I think what made his team so successful last year is um, is the depth, and I think he's going to continue to have that advantage. Um, and his pitchers, he's, he slowly builds... Um, and he's got players like Joe Blanton, who's pitching for Anaheim now at 435. Tyler Skaggs, if he, he can come along, at 550. So if you look at his average ranking at 218 right now, I'm thinking that could be a ton higher. So I would put him right outside those top elite teams right now. You know, and, and it, it is notable uh, to point out that the both, both sets of rankings, uh, they're not far off from each other uh, as it pertains to the beers, of course, the CBS rankings have uh, the beers number two overall in the Pacific Coast League. Um, the Vegas odds uh, have them at number three. Uh, but I think something that is worth discussing is the the huge difference in valuation between uh, the Vegas odds and the CBS rankings as they pertain to the Amish Brotherhood, uh, as we alluded to there a few minutes ago. Um, the Vegas odds have the Amish Brotherhood coming in at uh, at number two uh, in, in the Pacific. Um, and as we stated, the CBS rankings, of course, don't even have them in the playoffs. So 
you know, it's you know, there's a great difference there, and it's I guess it's just another uh, uh, piece of evidence as for why you kind of have to take the CBS rankings valuations with a grain of salt sometimes. I mean, there there there's some validity to them. Um, but, uh, you know, mostly it's just fun to get on here and talk about, I suppose, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's incredible fun. They're all going to be uh, talking about it later. Um, I think with them, I think what, what the CBS rankings show uh, that the Vegas odds don't uh, maybe is the depth of the team. Um, because what I mentioned with the Amish, uh, they have their elite players with Kemp, Suspedes, Upton, Max Scherzer. Uh, after that... They've got a ton of guys that are ranked in the 200s, the 300s, the 400s, um, really lowering their rank, overall ranking. And they're going to need Chase Utley, Colby Rasmus, these guys to... I know he's counting on Jed Lowry. He loves Jed Lowry for some unknown reason. Um, he's going to need these guys because, I mean, the Beers have more depth than he does. Um, I think the Woo might have more depth than him. I think the Dogs might have... Uh, well. Let me move on to the dogs because the dogs are another team that, um, if I could find the dogs' rankings here, they're another team I think that has um, they're top heavy, but they have more top heavy players. You obviously have Trout, number three overall. Um, Santana, number nineteen overall, which is a bit of a reach, but he's a catcher. Cole Hamels, obviously. Kane, Ellsbury, Hanley. Uh, who we'll see what what he gets from him. Um, after that, his pitching. I have a couple question marks here. Uh, Jake Peavy and Josh Johnson. You really don't know. Um, I don't really know what what he's going to get from them this year. So, uh, I would liken him to the Amish uh, in terms of depth, but he's got, uh, I think, more uh, upside guys at the top. So. Yeah, and, you know, I think when you compare both sets of rankings, uh, you know, it becomes apparent that, you know, the Bulldogs are, you know, they're, they're a team on the verge, but they're right on that line, and it's, it's just really hard to tell. You know, you have one set of rankings, the CBS rankings, that have the Dogs in the playoffs and the, the Vegas odds, you know, which take into account that human element there in, in terms of the, the compilation of the rankings, um, do, do not. They have the Bulldogs in the, in the, in the bottom four, at, at the very top of the bottom four, but... But outside of the playoffs, uh, nonetheless. So uh, there, there is that. But um, speaking of, of other, you know, significant differences, um, I think Johnny, when you move down into the Atlantic, and, and we'll we'll give our official predictions here for both leagues here in just a few minutes. But when you move down into the Atlantic, um, one team that is out of the playoff picture in the Vegas odds. Is is given a lot of love, a lot of love in the CBS rankings, and I just like to point that out. And that is the Baltimore Epidemic, ranked as the number six, excuse me, the number six overall team in the entire BDL um, by the CBS rankings, with a uh, valuation of two twenty seven point fifty seven, and and that is good enough for what the one, two, three, uh, uh, fourth best team. Uh, in the ACL, the Atlantic Coast League, uh, according to those rankings, uh, beating out uh, the Wallabies. Uh, so, you know, that's going back to your point of uh, uh, CBS, you know, those rankings uh, being indicative of and, and highlighting that depth that teams have. Um, it, it really shows through 
there. Of course, the question is, how does, how is that going to translate into the regular season, Johnny? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it really um, shows their depth. However, with the number of injuries they've gone through, I really don't see how how they could survive. They lost Alex Rodriguez, Johan Santana, uh, Derek Jeter's out here, Carl Crawford, who knows, David Ortiz. Um, he just traded away Zobrist. I mean, the only player left in, in the top 100 is Matt Wieters. I mean, that's his boy. And, but after that, it, it's a very average team. So um, those depth guys, I just don't know if you can win in the Atlantic Coast League with a team just of depth. Yeah, and looking further down in the rankings there, the um, the, the Vegas odds and the CBS projections, they, they disagree on the placement of the Crystal River Mavericks and the Richmond Rebels. Um, the rankings have them inverted from, from each other. Uh, but they do agree that they're the bottom two teams in that league. Um, what the rankings do agree on, uh, however, is the placement of the Boston Double Downs. Uh, that is uh, sixth overall in the Atlantic. Uh, the Vegas odds have them pegged at 76.5 wins. And the CBS projections have the, have the Double Downs with a valuation of 286.82. Um, I find this also noteworthy, worth discussing, because of the, um, you know, the activity that that, uh, that that Kevin has shown over the off season, and not only just moves that he's made, but but uh, how hard he's working the phones trying to make other moves. And I, I know this is the case. I mean, I think we all do. We've been on the receiving end of, of many of those calls. But uh, you know, he's he's made a significant effort, I think, to to improve that team, and and obviously believes that um, that the time is approaching you know to uh, to concentrate more heavily on on uh, pushing that squad up the rankings so uh, you know but but yeah but what we see here in these in these two sets of rankings Johnny is that it's 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 not reflected yet that effort is not reflected uh, in the pro- mm. in the projections yet yeah I mean the CBS gives him three players in the top 100 uh, Alan Craig Edwin Oh, I traded him uh, and James Shields, um, which are three solid guys. Um, no one's going to claim that they're elite uh, right right yet. Uh, maybe I did when I traded him Edwin <laughs> and Carnassi. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, I like what Kevin's doing, and um, he he's striving for those elite players. And if not them, at least some more depth to uh, give his team um, – have a team with depth – bring up this rank this overall average ranking um i see let's see four guys i'm looking at that really he's got to get big years from um clay buckholz you know he's kind of up and down um ranked 195 everth cabrera i believe he's his only second baseman right now uh starting for san diego so it's like you know that's kind of a stretch um brandon belt and Dominic Brown, two guys that had huge uh, spring trainings. Um, that would be huge if they could uh, come through for him. Um, maybe look look at a wild card. Uh, but he still needs to make uh, another couple moves, I think, because um, those those top-tier guys, I, I'm not sure, are going to carry him. I think one... One one common thread, one storyline that, that, is, that is evident from the two sets of rankings also, Johnny, is that 
the ACL seems to be as every bit as predictable as we first thought when when these two leagues were compiled in, in the offseason. If you remove the epidemic from the equation, um, both sets of rankings have the top four in the exact same order, that being number one, damage, uh, number two, generals, number three, rockets, and number four, the defending champion, wallabies. So, uh, is it your opinion that, that in fact, the, the, the ACL is a foregone conclusion? Uh, in, ter- in terms of the playoff teams? No. No. I mean, it, it's pretty close to that, but um, no. The, you know, a few weeks ago, I would say there's three locks. Um, right now, I'm going <laughs> to, hate to say this, kind of doubt Brent a little bit. Um, ju- I just, we'll see if every player on that team um, plays. I know he's got his studs up at the top, but we'll see if every player on that team plays as well as they did last year. Well, let, me, let me add. I think. Go ahead. Yeah, you and you and Bill are are locks. And the Rockets? The Rockets are a very good team. Uh, I would not consider them a lock. Um, there's going to be uh, it could surprise in the, in the Atlantic. I think. Interesting. And that, that, that's that's a controversial statement for sure. And I'm sure we're going to hear about that on the boards. Uh, <laughs> if if you're He's certainly the favorite right now, but uh, yeah, I'm just not totally sold. If you were to look at which of the two teams that we kind of probably agree are, are on the outside looking in, um, in in that league, the the epidemic and the double downs, which of the two do you do you believe could uh, capitalize on on the new perceived weaknesses um, there at number four, where the Wallabies are projected? I. I really think it's the double downs. Um, I like what they've done, and really, I see him continuing to do that. I mean, I think, I, I think he's garnered enough faith in me uh, to this point that um, I see that kind of. I, I'm predicting a little bit here, but I, I see that continuing, and um, he's got the best shot of the the bottom four to make it into the playoffs. I think. Well, Johnny, I think it's time that we uh, that we go on record with with uh, our projections for the top four teams, the playoff teams in, in each league. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll take it first. We'll go back up to the Pacific. Um, definitely the hardest of the two uh, to project, at least in my opinion. Um, the Crawford Cramps, you know, I, I would view as an absolute lock. Maybe the best team in the entire league. Uh, in fact, when you look at the BDL uh, Vegas odds, um, they are projected as the top team in the league at 127 and a half wins. From there, I think you can you know you can point to your more likely playoff teams, but man, does it get does it get muddy? That playoff picture gets really muddy. Um, ah, it's so difficult. I w- I, you, I'm gonna have you can do it. You can do I, it. I'm trying to muster the courage. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Here's my top four. I'm gonna go Cramps, Amish Brotherhood, Malibu Bay Beers, 
and the killer car company. <laughs> Look at you. I'm taking out both Stuck in the Ivy members. I'm taking out um, the other Cubs fan and the Gooey Ducks. That's what I see. Oh, boy. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i going to try my best to do that. Um, I can see in most of the rankings here that both the Woo and the Bulldogs are ahead of me, and I don't blame the rankings. I, I think they have good teams, so I would agree with you on the top three. Um, and like I said before, I think I think the Woo are a playoffs team. Um, we'll see what uh, the rest of the Pacific has to say about that. But um, yeah, I mean I, that's the difficult thing with the Pacific is you know, when I look it over, I, I see. I see seven potential playoff teams, mm-hmm. and you know it, I see. Well, yeah. It, Which one don't don't you see? I, the the gooey. Du- I, you know, I think it's too soon. For, I for see the gooey ducks this year. Really, I, I don't see the elevation. Sorry, Ort. Okay, I mean, and that's fair. I, I understand the argument you can make there, but I think it's a year too soon for that conversation with the gooey ducks. And it, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but that's that's what I see. Well. We will see. Let me go to the Atlantic now. Um, this is going to be pretty easy. <laughs> uh, the damage and the generals. I think, I think you have the best team in that division. You know, a couple of days from opening day, as I look at it now, I think I like your team the best. I like the damage second. Um, and at this point, I, I got to put the Rockets and the Wallabies tied for that third spot. But... Um, I have to think the Wallabies make it, and the Rockets are ahead of the double downs right now. So um, I can't go anything but chalk here. Also, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the ACL, the Atlantic is, you know, it, it's 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 kind of a boring. Uh, it, it's the, it's the more boring of the two leagues when you when you look at them because it, it is predictable. I mean, I you know I, I think the Generals are a lock. I think the damage uh, is a lock. I think. I think the Rockets are a lock, um, and I, I have more faith this year, I believe, in the Wallabies than you do, um, despite their micro sell-off there from a few weeks ago. Uh, I still think that they're going to slip in the playoffs, and I just, you know, it, I guess it's it's not so much on, on the, you know, on, on the strength of those number three and number four teams as it is. I just don't see the the other four teams in that league, the Epidemic, Double Downs, Mavericks, and Rebels, um, having enough ammo right. to right. to to break break into that top four. Uh, e- even even with the Wallabies in 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 the weakened state compared to last season that that we see them now uh, in, I, I don't I just don't see it. And I think it's uh, you know sorry to say you know I, I, everybody likes a little drama. Uh, when they're watching those standings shift during the summer, but um, and, and, they, and they probably will shift, you know, among the top three, four teams. I, I'm sure that they will actually, but um, uh, we, I think you can draw a very clear line uh, that separates the top four from the bottom four in that league for 2013. I agree with you. Johnny, we had the opportunity to interview a first-time guest on TMO uh, for this week's podcast, and uh, 
it was a good time. We got, we talked to to Bill Moran of the uh, uh, two-time champion NorCal Damage, and you know, I, I've I've got to give it to to Bill for this for this interview. You know, we uh, talked about it for a few weeks before uh, recording tonight, and um, you know, he, he he was a really good sport. Um, I, I I let him know up front that uh, you know I had intentions of it being a, a you know a little more in depth, a little more honest, a little more gloves off. Uh, than our, our typical fare here on TMO, and, and he was a really good sport about it, and, and I think took the uh, took the Q and A in stride, and uh, just uh, hats off to him for for taking it well, and, and for being a good guest. It it was uh, it was really cool to have him on. Hey guys, today we are here with a very special guest, first time ever on TMO, NorCal Damage GM, Bill Moran. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you, gentlemen. It is a pleasure to be here. Awesome. This is actually our first time using Skype for a TMO interview, so we'll see how it goes. I hope there's not too much uh, uh, reverb or whatnot in, in the audio quality there, but uh, I think it'll work out well. But Bill, if you're ready, we will hop right into it. Uh, I don't think you've really had a chance. Um, in the past to do a, a long-form interview on any of the BDL media shows. Uh, so we're really looking forward to uh, uh, this interview just to you know get a really in-depth look at, at uh, who Bill Moran is and, and, and a look at your legacy in the BDL, which is, which is storied. Well, I look forward to it, and I am, uh, I am an open book, gentlemen. Okay, well, that, uh, uh, that may be a, a, an open invitation for your... Path, path to destruction, but we'll see how this goes. <laughs> okay, Bill, let's roll. Uh, you are 30 months, 30 months removed from winning your last of two consecutive BDL titles. Against the backdrop of that fact, define your goals, your motivations for the 2013 season. What does this year mean to the damage? Um, well, first and foremost, I will be competitive. And I will strive to win the Atlantic Coast League. It says division, so I'm going to go with division. And uh, to win a third title out of the last five years. Bill, the, the BDL has never witnessed the damage having to rebuild after you became an elite franchise several years ago. Do, do you believe in full-scale rebuilding, or are you more of the mind that the best teams simply reload and stay competitive every year? That's a great question. I have, I flirted, I flirted with the idea of rebuilding, and then I thought, where am I going to store all these young guys? If I'm going to shell out my big names, I'm not, I'm not going to have enough room on my minor league roster, and so I am more of the school of reload as you go and I found that to be so far so good I mean I know my team is aging but they're still for the most part in their prime um, I got some guys don't get me wrong I got some pitchers who are there I don't know I'm a little concerned with them right now but at the same time I feel like I got younger guys that they might be able to contribute I might be able to work a deal somewhere so I am definitely a reload at this moment kind of guy rather than a full-blown um, start all over from scratch with your with your current core of players, your Tulowitzkis, your Longorias, your Hamiltons, 
how long do you think you can maintain the high level of success that you're used to without having to make major roster changes? Great question. Um, I think, uh, I don't know. I think I got at least, I'm definitely a title contender this year. I think I will be a title contender at least next year. If, if I were to keep my current roster, I, I think I'd be a playoff team for the next, at least this year, next year, possibly the year after. I don't see me doing that. I see me tweaking here, trading somebody there, uh, some kind of package deal way over there somewhere. I always seem to find a way to add a guy um, and give up some young talent. That seems to be my, my MO. <coughs> I can see me doing that for the next, I don't know, two, three years, four years. If not, that might become my just policy in general. Okay, great. You have you have built a very potent uh, outfield offense, but its its average age is right. almost is almost thirty one. So as you say, you're you are starting to put some age on the team a little bit. How much of a concern is the durability of those four players in this new era of four starting outfielders? That's a good question, too. You guys are very, very good with your questions. Oh, you have no idea. It just gets better yeah. from here. It's all Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even heard Johnny. John, are you there? Yeah, I bring the sex appeal. All right. Okay. In the face. Okay. <clears throat> um, I think, well, I've, I've already started, if you've noticed, tooling for the four outfielder position. Um, I added Frazier as depth um, at several positions, knowing that uh, any time – I mean, look at my, my – all of those guys I have in my outfield right now have had stints on the DL. They've had stints that have been a day or two or three, you know, I'm out for a game or I'm out for months. Uh, so I'm very aware that, that with the four I have starting right now, um, you know, I'm good for this year. I probably will tweak it and, and see how things go. This is kind of a you know a trial and error process this year with the four outfielders, and I'm sure we're all going to be scrambling when, when you know and adjusting lineups and figuring out you know what I really need more outfielders. Uh, screw pitchers. Um, I don't know. We'll all, we'll all kind of have our own strategies, I'm sure, and then and then that'll probably carry over into next year when we add the you know the additional positions as well. Sure. Uh, in in one word define the state of NorCal's farm system right now. Solid. Fair enough. Solid. Decent? Solid. You plan on, so what I hear is you plan on uh, tearing up the ACL this year. Uh, I didn't say that. No. All right. <laughs> Let's look back to, uh, to 2012. Okay. Um, do you believe you could have done any more to cement your place in the West and protect your, you know, perch against the ascension of the Crawford Cramps last year? No. Holy cow. Where'd that <laughs> guy come from? <laughs> I, this time last year, I mean, not this time last year, because I think by this time last year, he had already started his uh, massive assault and then, and then uh, Scotty joined him and it was like, <laughs> wait, what happened here, you guys? <laughs> I was supposed to be just breezing through this thing and then all of a sudden those two showed up and... Um, yeah, Brian put together a nice architecture of, uh, of planning and patience. And uh, no, I couldn't catch that guy. From week one, I think we tied or I beat him six to four or something like that. And then after that, it was just like I was booking at his rear end the rest of the way. And I, I finally, I think around June, can you know figured out, okay, I got to be a wild card team. That's fine. So then my strategy was, okay, get in the playoffs and, and then create some havoc. Yeah. It was uh, it was pretty exciting to watch actually. Um, 
you still managed to get the better of uh, Crawford, uh, I believe, two out of the three matchups. Um, so who should be more relieved that your teams don't meet um, in the regular season this year, uh, Bill Moran or Brian Caskey? I don't know, man. I was I thought for sure I'd be in the Pacific Coast League. And then uh, I think the last-minute switch, um, Hunter threw something out there, and everybody bit, and I got kicked over to the Atlantic, um, which is fine. <laughs> and so I figured I'd be playing Brian two times a year forever. And as far as who should be more relieved, I don't know. I'm kind of relieved. I'm fine with it. I, but then again, I look at the Atlantic, and I'm like, this is loaded. This is stacked. Um, division, so I don't see anybody that's super, super, you know, a, a week off here. I think everybody's going to be very competitive. So back to your question, um, I don't know about Brian. He might be just as relieved that, that I'm gone, but I know I'm. I don't. I don't mind missing playing him. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you got a, a tough top. Uh, I'd say top four teams in that Atlantic uh, Atlantic mm-hmm. Coast. Um, so, were there any like? Trade negotiations that may have gone south that summer that maybe may have put you in a better position to advance uh, to the finals for the fourth consecutive time. Was there? I'm sorry, my kid just walked in. What was that were first part the, of the question? Were there any like trade negotiations that may have gone south uh, last summer? Maybe push you over the top. Last year. Last year. Um, yeah, I think like during during the wild card race, you know, when you were really. Uh, trying to figure out, I guess, whether to buy, sell, or whatnot. Were, were there any were there any moves that you were working on that that might have put you over over the top, even to possibly catch Brian that that fell through at the last minute? No, actually, I was pleased to pick up. <clears throat> I was pleased to pick up Beltre. Um, shoot, I, last year was kind of a blur. I picked up Beltre. I picked up a little bit. I picked up Burnett at the starting pitcher. I grabbed. Uh, I grabbed Perez somewhere along the line. I grabbed. Um, JJ from Arizona, somewhere along the line, I think from uh, from Mark. I was I was feeling really good heading into the playoffs. Um, I I thought I would do. I thought it was. I thought it, I thought it was gonna be three uh, three out of four years, to be honest with you. And then I ran into um, that uh, that beers team. <laughs> beers. Okay. Uh, Screw the beers. <laughs> Sons of bitches, the beers. <laughs> I got. I got to deal with the beers this year. I got to hear it every day too. <laughs> I know. Um, it probably sounds crazy to consider uh, a playoff year a down season. Um, there was a point last year where you weren't weren't even in the playoff picture. Um, so looking back, do you consider 2012 just a hiccup by NorCal standards, or um, is this uh, possibly the first step of uh, cycling out of super elite status? Ah, nice question. And I would say cycling out of super elite status. And I think it would be, a, it was more of a sobering year, I think. Mm. Um, as I realized, you know, people pulled some moves that gained ground on me. Um, I realized that the, the league is, is it's, it's leveling out. I think a lot of teams are rising. And then, and then some of the other teams that were upper echelon are, are low, you know, lowering a bit. They're, they're, they're on the decline to a certain degree. I don't think I'd ever really be on the decline, like out of the picture. I mean, who knows? But that could happen. But I think everybody else is rising, and so therefore, um, last year was, like I said, just kind of a wake-up call. Like you're not all by yourself. It's not just you and um, Johnny and Mike sitting there at the top, you know, with your legs kicked back, uh, kind of waiting for the playoffs to begin. Cool. 
Uh, Bill, let's let's talk a little bit about the about the legacy uh, of the damage because you do have a very strong legacy here in the BDL. Two two years ago, you were the reigning two time BDL champion. Uh, how how much would you having defeated the Rockets in the BDLCS for a third consecutive championship have added to your legacy? Do you think? I think that would have been pretty darn cool. <clears throat> um, three in a row would have been hard for anybody to to tie much less beat. Um, I say that now, but we're, you know, we're still you know, relatively in our infancy stage of the, of the BDL history, but, you know, one's tough, two's very difficult. I think three would have been, you know, very, very difficult to touch. And so, I don't know, I was, that was a tough series with Mike. I started out strong and I didn't have the depth. I, I think you learn from your mistakes. I, I got away with it. Title year one, title year two with, with very small, very little bench. And then it caught me in the playoffs, and especially in that title game um, against Mike. And yeah, it would have been cool to have three in a row, but I'll take uh, you know two in a row plus making the playoffs every single year I've been in the BDL. Um, I'm pleased. I'm pleased with so far. No doubt. Recognize. Uh, l- looking back on the history of the damage, who who do you identify as your greatest rival? Hmm. I would say Johnny. Why? Because uh, when I came in, he seemed to have the team that was the team. You know, it seemed to be always on the rise, young stars. He's in the playoffs. He's consistently in the playoffs. He's consistently breaking records. Uh, He's winning X amount of weeks in a row for some kind of crazy record that might have been a full season when you add it all up, or it may have been a full season. I don't even know. And and so, am I right? Yeah. Yep. You're right. And then so uh, I would consider him consistently the longest rival because he's always been right there every single year. And uh, it's always gone back and forth. I I imagine our head-to-head, you probably have it right there. I don't have it. It would be close. And he might even have the edge in head-to-head. That's how much of a rival he's been over these years. Bill, I wonder, and this is really more of a – more of a more of a, a comment or an open question as opposed to a direct question, but I I wonder if you, if you're the only person in the league we could ask that question to who who would not identify a division rival as being that greatest rival. Well, yeah, because uh, well, my division's been built rebuilding, you know, sure. or or consistent. Um, uh, Orts had a consistent team, but they haven't been at the level that that. Uh, that the cars have been. And so with, with Brian reloading somewhere back in 2009, I think it was, he started kind of, he kind mm-hmm. of like, like rebuilding, reloading, like rebuilding. And the woos kind of, kind of always been in the state of rebuilding. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know what, John, John is looking right. <clears throat> <here>, right? <laughs> um, I think that that's why I'm not picking somebody in my division because at the time everybody was kind of just rebuilding or, or, or good, but not like the level that a, a cars team is going to be. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel the same way. I, I pushed to have you in the, uh, in the PCL. I, I was uh, looking forward <laughs> to some uh, competition. I felt the second year I went to the, the title game, I felt supremely lucky to, to get past you right before that. And uh, uh-huh. I knew it was coming. I knew, you know, those next two years, <laughs> It's history. So, Bill, your your accolades in the BDL with five what five division titles, I think, and, and of course two championships now under your belt are they're absolutely unmatched. Do, do you feel though that you get the respect you deserve deserve for what you've accomplished in this league? I think I'm I think I'm too just fine. I think when I first came in the league, 
I don't know. I, I don't know if you're going to have some questions later on about my history with BDL and fantasy sports. But when I first came in, I was all about, um, I'm going to... I'm gonna come up with an attitude, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have this mean edge, and yeah, I'm been there. This, I'm gonna pick this this <laughs> hardcore name, and and then nice. it, you know, and 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 then I, when I got found success, it was cool, and then I don't know, I got it. It became kind of almost like I don't want to be a jerk anymore, and <laughs> and have this attitude or edge, and so I think I, I think I've done just fine. I think people recognize that damage is done well, and they're consistently going to be a good team. And I really don't need, um, you know, constant pat in the back um, or constant reminder of how good my team was or is or, or is going to be. I, I used to pipe pipe in more often um, with you know this and that, but that was probably before I won the title. I think I, I think I, before I won the titles, I would I would bark a little bit here and there with Earn and some other people and. And then I won a title, and it was kind of like, okay, ah. And then I won two, and I was like, okay, this is awesome. I don't need to really speak that much anymore about myself. And so I've, I've tried to back off on purpose um, because I, I don't know, I've, I've kind of altered my personality a little bit, I guess. Well, Bill, you actually kind of laid a, a perfect segue, a segue there to, to my next question. We've had, of course, two back-to-back champions in the BDL's history, first in 06-07 with Ernst Falcons, and then your titles in 2009 and 2010. In your opinion, what makes those two championship runs different from each other? Mine versus Ernst? Yes. I think Ernst got lucky two years in a row. <clears throat> no offense to Ernst, but I think... <laughs> you know, I, think I, w- I would have to agree. I think yeah. he's team. <laughs> I would too. I think he, well, I think, I think most would agree. Anybody who knows the history of BDL. I mean, he had, he had a good team. He had a playoff caliber team, no doubt. Um, I just think he hit, comp, you know, he hit, hit a competition and whatever week it was that happened to either have a bad week or there was injuries on those squads or his team just got incredibly on fire that particular week. And I think he, you know, he got two titles, but I don't see, I really don't, don't I wouldn't raise him in the top, you know, six, seven, BDL teams of all time. Okay, well, you, you just keep laying those segues, so I'm going to keep on going here. <laughs> uh, in in eight eight BDL seasons now, we're right. g- going into our ninth this year, but in, in eight BDL seasons, we have crowned six different champions. Do you, do you Bill Moran, top that list? <laughs> I don't know. I, my, I know Mike's working on this little list of uh, running down and who's the best of what division right now or, or former divisions or leagues. And um, I, I think my 2010 team, I think it was, the one that kind of shut, 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 had like four shutouts or something that season. And um, that was a pretty good team. That was a pretty good run. I think the team that followed that Mike beat in the um, – in the uh, for the title that one week, I think that was a really good team as well. They just things didn't work out that one week for me. Um, so I would think I would be, you know, one of those teams would be in the top two. Cool, excellent. Uh, so we are saying goodbye to your, your Western Division, um, and uh, you may have had perhaps a lack of rivals, but did you have a favorite competitor that maybe you'll miss knocking around three times a year? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about knocking around, but um, or it's always fun on the boards. You know, it's fun to get fired up. And um, I don't know, John. John Wu Wu is so laid back; it's hard to have a 
rivalry with him. He, tried, he goes out. I've never seen that guy riled. <laughs> um, and then uh, I guess Brian. You know, Brian was the biggest rival from that from that division because I started seeing his. I knew it was coming. I started seeing all the talent he's laying down and how he landed two number one picks in a row that happened to be the number one picks of a generation. Um, and so I saw yeah. it. I saw it coming, and I thought, okay, let me beat this guy down as, as many times as I can while I can. Because it's not going to be forever, and uh, I guess he would be the closest to, only because I saw his potential. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, here's a question that's very close to my heart, and um, it's being asked by more than just myself. Uh, you're, you're among the very best in the league at mining prospects. Um, I have to ask you what your secret is. Uh, it's my scout. <laughs> Uh, Sparky something is his name. Uh, for <laughs> Dublin, no, Sparky Dublin. I think I, I named him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I tell you what, I don't do anything. Once the minor league rosters freeze, which I hate, by the way, <laughs> I hate that. I, I think we should bump it back a month. I'm just laying that on the table right now. Okay, bump it back till July 31st. But anyway, when they when it freezes on June 30th. I stopped looking, and I stopped looking um, almost till at least December, probably. I don't look at any minors. I just kind of, it's relaxed time. And I tell you what, when the draft rolls around, I start looking again, you know, probably December-ish, and I amp up for the draft, depending on how many picks I have or how many I think I'll be able to acquire. And then I I chill again for about a month. And then, like right now, between now and uh, June 30th, I look... And I look, and I look under rocks, and I look here, and I look there, and I, I look everywhere, and under I write rocks. names down. I write names down, and, <coughs> and I research. And I got to, I got to push you successful. on that question. I got to push you. Are you a baseball America guy? Are you a Sickles guy? I mean, are you something, Uh-oh. something Uh-oh. really cool that we don't even know about yet? <laughs> uh, you know, I have one source that I've never told anybody about, and so far it's been a pretty good source, and mm. no one's ever mentioned it on the boards, and I feel pretty confident. <coughs> I mean, if they did, it's fine. I don't really care. But I'm just saying, so I'm, I'm pretty confident that, that there may be one or two out there that know about. But I think uh, for a long time, I was the only one, I know for sure, that gave me a couple of really good um, prospects. Um, yeah, I like Sickles. Um, Baseball America is, I'm not a member, I'm not a subscriber. I, I used to subscribe during draft time. And that was that was beneficial like when I first started because I knew nothing about minors when I first joined the BDL. I knew, I was like, what what have I gotten myself into? And, mm-hmm. and it's been it's been an absolute pleasure, I must say. But that, that first year-ish, I was like, I got, I need some help here. So I was a baseball America guy then. Um, since then, I don't like to pay, <laughs> and so uh, I'll just kind of look at their rankings, their free stuff that they offer. Um, and then uh, from there, I just kind of sickles and some of their places that are out there. I, I just click around and, and find stuff. Sorry to kind of beat around the bush and not give you a straight answer. <laughs> I understand. I do the same thing. I give you mad, uh, mad credit for your skills. Um, here is a uh, mind-bending stat for you. Okay. Um, <clears throat> in the five years you held onto the West Division title from 07 to 11, you finished ahead of the second-place team by a combined 202 games. Do you believe that um, a fair criticism to make that NorCal's legacy is inflated by uh, your home division? Yeah, good question, and it could very well be. It could very well be because of the uh, um, 
the, the stats that have been put up, the yearly totals of Ws, um, yeah, they could be inflated a little bit. But then again, I don't know. Playoffs come into play. You find you you, you do play other opponents. Um, trophies come into play. Um, how 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 badly do you defeat another team comes into play? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So yes, could be inflated a bit. I will I will give you uh, possible credit there. Well, suppose uh, suppose you played in another division. Uh, how, how do you how do you think you'd do uh, in the north against the cars, or <laughs> maybe in the oh, east yeah. with all those talkers? All no. these past years, yeah. I think I'd be. I think I'd be playoff team. I don't know if I'd win every, the division every year. Hmm. He wouldn't. I wouldn't what? <laughs> win the division every year. Well, if I was in the division with you for the few <laughs> years that you uh, <laughs> chill, ca- yeah, I would. Care, care, careful, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, Easter budget. <clears throat> hey, you know no, what? Though? We're going yeah. to find out this year exactly uh, yeah. what, what everybody's made of in the in the ACL. Yeah. That's true. I'm excited to take on uh, both members of Stuck in the Ivy this year. Yeah. Bill, again, we appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I do want to play a little bit of hardball since we've got you here. I know. Okay. Uh, you know, you've got you you have. Your, your, your critics in this league for one reason or another. And I just I kind of want to give you, uh, you know, the chance to, uh, you know, address a few of those things here and just uh, maybe ex- explain your side of things, if, if you will. And, but first, first things first, you, uh, you know, I, and I think you would admit this, you, you bring a certain demeanor to the league, to the forum, that I don't think I'm off base describing as unapologetic. You know, I don't, I don't think I'm putting words in the mouths of some GMs when I say, that some consider you condescending sometimes. I want to give you that platform, like I said, to address the accuracy of that impression of you. When, when you log into that forum and interact with the league and exchange messages and talk trades, who is Bill Moran? The real Bill Moran or the online Bill Moran? Take Pick your choice. All right. The online Bill Moran is going to be... I think early on, absolutely condescending, uh, looking to stir up trouble, um, talking trash, trying to build. You know, it's almost like I tell my when I coach football, I just tell my players, um, "Show me, don't tell me." And so I think I was a victim of telling you, telling you, telling you, rather than showing you guys. And so I think early on, I, I, I was very, very guilty of of that. I think as uh, the titles came, um, like I said earlier, I tried to I tried to mellow out and uh, I think there was moments where I, you know, things come across wrong on in on words when you type them on a keyboard because you can't get the inflection of the voice. You can't pick up on the sarcasm. I'm not very good. I've, I've already had conversations uh, via the, the forum with you, Scotty, and a couple of others who I've had issues with um, where, you know, hey, things came across wrong in, in typing. Things came across wrong on the monitor, not at all what I intended and sure. intended to come out, and so, um, yeah, I don't think I'm, I'm not that guy at all. In real life, I'm not that guy. Really, I'm pretty laid back. I'm pretty fun. I'm pretty easygoing. I have a really good time with my students. Um, I think we'd actually have a really good time hanging out. I think online, just with a monitor, it's it's hard for me to figure out how to say something sometimes without, you know, rubbing somebody wrong. And so I've been working on that. Cool. What what part of your personality, Bill? drives you to be successful to win BDL titles. Com- 
uh, just being competitive. Um, I don't know. I'm too old to play sports any longer, and this is my this is my this is my outlet. And uh, my wife calls awesome. me a nerd, and I don't care. And I think I think Joe I think Joe could relate to you know the whole wife like what are you doing online? Mm. These guys on different parts of the country, <laughs> and so uh, and I I tell my I tell my wife these are my friends now. You know, these <laughs> kind of like these guys. <laughs> We have a good time, even though I've never seen any of them, and I'm the furthest west coast of them all. But um, what drives me is just competition. I want to, I want to do well, and I, and, and, and I didn't. The dynasty thing was brand new in '07, and it was new and exciting, and it still is exciting. And it's just like I don't want to give up. I got a good team. I want to keep it good, and so therefore, the comp- competitive, competitive level, um, which is what drives me, I guess. Sure. One of these years, we're gonna we're gonna get you to a BDL weekend. We'll hang out with the real thought, real Bill Moran. I would love. I thought this year Atlanta was might be it, but then it's our twentieth anniversary, and I think oh, it would. Oh yeah. That's that would go wrong. <laughs> hey baby, baby, we're going to BDL. Happy anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> what a gift. Well, Bill, you're 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 on the short list of of GMs with with a reputation of sometimes proposing lackluster trade offers and i could even throw maybe one guy on this show into that same category so we're not gonna you know yeah right i I seem to have a lot in common (laughs) but (laughs) but do 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 you feel that reputation is fair i man i don't know because i think a year ago i was the bottom of the list i was the worst of the worst and 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 i had my i don't know i thought they were good trades but maybe i'm just an can't see things from other people's point of view sometimes. So in the last year, since you know a year ago, right now, springtime, I think I think Hunter put out a poll, and I was like number one for worst trade, off, worst guy to trade with, or or second. I think maybe Johnny was number one. I was like number. I don't know. It was something like that, and I thought it was funny because I think Hunter's horrible to deal with sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think him and I have never done a trade before, and it's no offense to Hunter, but we just cannot get anything done. It seems like, but. There has been times where I've offered, I've lowballed, absolutely, because you never know, you know, you, you never know what somebody might agree to, and also sometimes you you, you aim low just to get a, a boundary. What's you know feeling somebody out? Is there any possibility here in negotiating and, and then closing this gap? So, and then sometimes people just would fire back, you know, no, and then leave it at that, and not even counter. And I figured, okay, that was probably way too low ball of an offer there. Or some people wouldn't reply at all, and I realized, okay, that was that was too low also. So I've tried in the last year to at least. Make a little bit more competitive, fair, both side type offers. Sure. I don't. I don't know if I've succeeded or not. I've made it. You know, x amount of deals in the last. You know, six, seven, eight, nine months. Um, enough to where I'm satisfied. I think my my trading partner has been satisfied as well. I think right now in the in the league in 2013, we have probably the best collection of 16 guys we've ever had. I think. I think just about everybody is. You know, they're 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 smart when it comes to you know building their teams mostly um but how would you respond to critics uh yes i hear you snickering johnny but how would you respond to critics who say you've stolen fantasy stars in the past by taking advantage of how should i put this less cerebral owners (laughs) i would say i'm not the only one who's done that that's that that, (laughs) that's fair i would say um yeah just the first part of that question Everybody in this league right now is in the know. There's no, there's no, any, there's no one with the you know covers over their eyes and they don't know what they're talking about. And I think uh, Joe said it there down the boards um, <clears throat> about how if you got to sell your trade, then it's not a very good trade. And so that's a good point. 
everybody pretty much knows everybody's roster, minor league um, and major league, and therefore, if you got to sell it, good point, Joe. Um, it's probably not a very good deal on both sides, and so I, I, that's great advice. I, I, it's been ringing in my ears the last week or two since he put it up. And um, back to the second part of your question, I would say, yeah, I think, but I think I'm not the only one that's built my squad based on other owners who, you know, have been a little naive, um, a little bit less than the no. But but I was, this, you know, what? Hey, I was the same way when I came in the league. I had crazy offers. I was when Alex Gordon was the big hyped guy, and I had guys banging down my door or being my best friend to try to get Alex Gordon. And I was like, you know what? I'm taking the first month just to soak, just to soak this whole league up. And I didn't cave in and make some crazy deals, even though I heard some. Some now I look back, I'm like, that was that dude was trying to rip me off just now. Mm-hmm. Well, well, speaking of trades, um, I mean, you mentioned that last last year you <coughs> may have considered. Uh, rebuilding or retooling. Right. Um, have you gotten frustrated at all with the trade market over the past year? I think it's tightened up. <clears throat> I think there's a lot of owners who made the move, okay, made the move where they liquidated their miners and built built up their major league squad enough to where there's no. I can't see anybody doing that right now. I think I think uh, I think um, Kevin's doing it a little bit and trying to do it and trying to trying to get rid of some guys but there, i think there's no one to trade with right now i don't know if there's anybody out there who's trying to go d- the opposite direction and uh go d- you know get build up their miners with it, by exchanging major leaguers that with another willing partner i think it's kind of you know stagnated a touch but it's funny because it comes in bursts it'll almost be like a week or two or a month will go by with nothing and all of a sudden it's like all hell broke loose mm-hmm. never been their mom's trade and my mom was on the online making trades for me and it's crazy <clears throat> So, yeah, I think I, I know what you're saying. I think the trade market is, has slowed, but then again, opening day is Sunday. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of, I mean, to continue with the trading, are there trade partners that, um, you know, have frustrated you more than others or uh, who, who has yeah. been the easiest to work with? All right, great question. Uh, I mentioned Hunter, and nothing against Craig. He's just a very savvy, you know, competitive guy himself. And him and I, I think we've—I can't remember if we've ever made one. And if we have, it might have been just involving a draft pick. Um, He—he's a hard one for me to, to work with. Uh, Scotty, I can't—we don't deal very well together. It seems like not maybe because—I I mean, I can't remember. We made a few, and yeah, not—not not ever since I stole Madison Bumgarner from you last year. I don't know. You bastard. <laughs> yeah, I can't make a trade with Scotty either. I, I can't believe I offered that back in the day. I panicked. I was like... I that was so unlike you, actually. Well, you know what? It wasn't like me. That almost began... I had I, that When I made that trade, I made another bad trade, I think, either before it or after it, and I started doubting, like, have I lost the, have I lost the touch? Am I, <laughs> was <laughs> is it, it that Lincecum? Is it time for me to fail? Yeah, the Lincecum, too. That was another bad one. Thanks, jerk. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, but as far as owners go, Scotty and I haven't um, had too many deals together. Um, uh, I seem to like to work with Ord a lot. We, we get along pretty well. Um, Kevin's pretty easy to deal with. Um, he negotiates. Um, Mark's good to work. I mean, everybody's pretty, pretty good to work with. The only ones I can think of that I, have, you know, I just don't deal with, we just don't ever line up, is Scotty and Hunter. And I think that's it, really. Hmm. 
Well, the Wallabies Mike, just put. Uh, obviously, yeah. Mike's super easy because Mike will make a trade if you just like <laughs> give, give him some attention. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, well, Brent recently put uh, Braun on the on the block. Um, yeah. Did you Did you happen to make an offer? I mean, how close was he to wearing a NorCal jersey? Nah, I, I think everybody everybody made an offer. I think uh, did you gentlemen make an offer? I made no offer. Oh wow! Of course Johnny. I made. Of course I made an offer. Are you nuts, right. Johnny? Seriously, you didn't make an offer? Not one offer. Wow. He's over twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made an offer, but uh, that's why you're eighth in the PCO this year, Johnny. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I made an offer, but it, it wasn't received. You know, it was received with thanks, and you know, I'm busy, and at least it wasn't received with the whole like I'm not <laughs> looking to move Ron right now. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> Even though he, even though he's on the trading block, you know you made a bad offer if he says that. To you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Bill, let's let's talk a little about your your new competition. NorCal found a home this off season in the Atlantic Coast League, removed from the only three franchises the Damage have ever considered direct competition. What are you most looking forward to about playing in the in this new environment? I would say the. This the newness of it. It's the whole, you know, the novelty of this whole splitting into two divisions and um, the opportunity to play teams that you only saw once a year, you know, in the past. <clears throat> and they're good teams, and they're and they're and they're different guys. And uh, I think just that it's the whole idea of different guys, different scenery, different crew, new opportunities, um, new challenges. Okay, I think challenges would probably be the key word. Did it take any convincing for you to embrace the new two-league format during the winter meeting? Uh, no, I like change. I'm okay with change. I, I, even though I'm slow to change, when it happens, I usually like it. And so I kept pretty quiet, I think, um, during the winter meetings. And I kind of just listened, observed, and I may have chimed in once or twice. But overall, I think I was going to go with the flow. And I, I don't even know if I voted. I think I almost went with just whatever happens, happens. I can't remember. Bill, the damage ended 2012 on an eight-week regular season uh, winning streak. So, you know, you've got a little run of yourself going right now. Oh, I did? Yes, you, you did. Okay. Uh, and not, not counting the playoffs, of course, but the regular season. Uh, you, right. had, you, had eight, you had eight weeks there, a run. Will you, will you extend that run against your week one opponent, the Rockland Rockets? It's the Rockets, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, um, I'm not going to come in here and say, yeah, I'm going to, because <clears throat> Michael's got a good team. Michael he always puts together a good team. Um, and I can see it could go it could go either way. You know, It depends on who's going to have be hot out the blocks, what pitchers are going to be ready, what pitchers are not going to be ready. Um, and so, you know, without stirring up too much fire here, but also not totally avoiding the question, even though it seems like I am – I think I got a good chance, good chance to open up maybe like last year where I opened up six and four against uh, Brian, but it, you know that'll be that'll be close. It might be a five to five week. Yeah, that, that was a cop out. Thank you. But we all have, <laughs> we, we all we all have certain dates on the BDL matchup calendar circled every year. Who who are you looking to make a statement against this year? Who do you have circled on your calendar? Hmm. I would say you. Well, good luck with Got that. <laughs> I would say I wouldn't mind taking on the commission. He's got a re retool team. He's proud of it from last year. He built it up. He did a good job uh, flipping it. And uh, well, I, 
Uh, we played last. We played last year. Do you remember? I don't remember the results, honestly. Do you remember the results? Uh, not without. I, I think I. I think I won that matchup. Let me look. I think you did too. Um, if I can navigate this this crazy new CBS layout we have here. Yeah, it is crazy. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Let's see. Yeah, damage. Yeah, damage. Uh, I actually I beat you eight uh, two in week eleven. Wow. Okay, so you, you're the one. <laughs> I must avenge that. <laughs> uh, not good. Let's see. We play how quickly this year? Let's see. It's like right away, I think. Uh, third week, so okay. not, not too long. But, right. Uh, yeah. I, I, would, I would have to say the same, definitely. Um, uh, obligatory prediction question. We can't, we can't end the interview without this question, of course. Who are the top four teams in the ACL and the PCL, and who is the odds-on favorite to win the BDL championship? Mm, all right. Well, I think we all know the top four. No offense to the other teams in the ACL, but it just seems like consensus is leaning towards you know the Rockets and the Generals and my team and Wallabies is the top four in the in the ACL. I think I see teams rising there. I see teams um, rebuilding there. And the PCL, uh, well, you got to go with the Cramps, and you got to go with uh, the Brotherhood. Is making a lot of noise. <laughs> is it just me? <laughs> is, is Joe talking the talk? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th I think there'll be a playoff squad. I think he will be, and I think um, you know the rest of it. Oh man, I would say the beers look pretty good. Obviously, Johnny's team looks pretty good. But then again, you know, Johnny, I can't tell what you're doing. I can't tell if you're gonna make a move or just chill and and start reloading and regrouping and rebuilding. Um, and the elevation always seemed to be competitive in that in that area. You know, Craig talks a good talk too. I'm naming almost every team. Holy cow! Um, but but Craig, Craig talks, <laughs> Craig talks it up. I can't. I just can't. I don't have a good feel for that team making the playoffs this year. For the Bulldogs, right? Hmm. Where were they on the um, Johnny? If you have that in front of you, where where were they on the uh, Vegas odds that Mike just released? Uh, the Bulldogs. Yep. Uh, they're fifth in the Pacific. Okay, so he has them just, just missing, outside, just outside yeah. the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, I can see. Um, I can see the cars. The I can see the cars making it over the Bulldogs if things stay pat right now. But, you know what? Who knows what can happen? Trades can be made. Um, seven straight years. Would that make seven? It would make eight. Nice. Oh, man. All right. So I'm going to wrap it up and send you off. Uh, last question. I've had a blast talking to you, uh, Bill. Um, let's see. If you gave up fantasy sports tomorrow... Uh, how would the history books define your lasting legacy in the BDL? Um, I would be defined as one of the top teams thus far in the history of the BDL with one of the most competitive um, and controversial owners probably to date. Fair enough. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. And you know, that's kind of a sugar-coated, biased statement. <laughs> But, uh, I don't know, there's some validity to it. I can relate to pretty much everything you've said. So, <laughs> I, uh, No, really, I, I'm looking forward to the season. Um, I wish you good luck. Um, 
one of these years we'll uh, we'll all meet up. Yes. Yeah, but we thank you uh thank you a whole lot for coming on the show. It's been uh you know, it's been what how many years now? We've we've not been able to uh, to get this scheduled and work it out to have you come on TMO, but we've always wanted to have you on as a guest. You know, you're a, a long-standing member of of the BDL, so but it, it's been fun. We we hope to uh you know to do it uh, uh sometime soon again. You know what? Thanks for having me on. Glad you guys asked. It was actually nice to talk to you guys. And it'll probably be, you know, nice for the other league members to hear that this guy over here in California is human and not this robotic jerk <laughs> maybe sometimes online. Um, but thank you for having me on, and uh, I wish you both a, a happy Easter. All right. You as well. Awesome. Bill. You too. Yeah. Good luck. Thank you, sir. Okay, great. Uh, Scotty, I had a blast with that interview. Um, Absolutely. I want to thank Bill again. Um, I, don't don't tell anybody, but I, I might kind of be pulling for him. <laughs> um, no, no. Yeah, no, I think, you know, watching him make the playoffs so consistently be such a dominant force, it's, it's, it's actually driven me even um, harder. Uh, I'm trying not to rebuild, but um, knowing that uh, Bill's going to make the playoffs again uh, really has me wanting to keep my streak alive. <laughs> yeah, you, you you know I'm going to have to change co-hosts next month because of this, don't you? <laughs> Bill might be free. <laughs> uh, pass. Uh, but it was a fantastic interview. Um I think we'll uh, probably do it again soon, uh, or we'll we'll grab someone else from the league and um, try to get back on here with another interview. But you ready to run the bases? Let's run them. All right, Awataki. Is this the year Matt Kemp goes 50-50, or is he passed by Ioannis Cespedes and Justin Upton? Or does a lot of them disappoint the Amish again in what will ultimately be described as a crime scene when Joe finally gets a hold of them? <laughs> I, I just picked Joe to make the playoffs a few minutes ago, so I, I don't I don't think I can uh, do an about face here. But uh, yeah, that would be awfully funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> to, after we've expanded the playoff pool and uh, and and heard Joe uh, you know rave about how he has the best outfield in, in the entire BDL, and then to to miss the playoffs yet again, that would man, that would be gold. Yeah, you ready for the jinx? I don't think there's any way he cannot make the playoffs. Oh no. <laughs> All right, Crystal River. Does Jesus Montero turn in a breakout performance this year, aided by the new dimensions of Safeco? Or will youngster and former Philly Travis Darno supplant him by May as the Mavs catch for the future? I'm sorry, I thought we were talking about something important. Um, <laughs> Crystal River. Who, who is Jesus Montero? Uh, he... It was I'm a, kidding. A, uh, no. Yeah. Let's see. I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, the Mavs are going to have a hard time no matter who is who is uh, you know at, at at catcher for that that squad this year. But uh, um, he he's got two good options. You know, if only the league had approved uh, you know the use of uh, two catching slots there a couple of years ago, uh, uh, Mike would be in in uh, pretty good shape. But uh, it didn't go down that way. So we'll see. Yeah, I think um, 
both have I, I would give them an equal chance going forward I really don't see um, a big difference between the two players uh, futures at this point um, but I'll tell you with his team I go through such phases I mean when we went through the draft I think uh, was it the draft I'm trying to remember no he was he was doing his major sell-off last year and I was like this is it this is what he's got to do we get it, you know, a couple months into the offseason, I'm like, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure I like the Major League squad, and are these all are these guys all going to come around? Um, I looked again this week, you know, getting ready for this. Uh, he's got a, a, a minor league squad full of studs, and um, I think they'll, they'll all push uh, these catchers, and uh, I think he's got a pretty good shot going forward. Indeed. All right, Richmond. Do breakouts from Machado, the Haas, and Evan Gaddis, along with the addition of BJ Upton, help push the Rebels into a, into surprise contention in the Atlantic League? You know, I, I think, it, honestly, if there's one team in 2013 that stands a chance of surprising us, it's probably the Rebels. Um, there, there's a lot of good young talent on that squad, and I, I don't think that this is the year, because of the league that he plays in in the ACL, uh, that Mark plays in. I don't think this is the year that we see him rise back up into that, uh, you know, uh, upper echelon of teams. Um, but would I be totally, totally shocked if he slipped in? Actually, I wouldn't. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think it would be a surprise, uh, but only because nobody's talking about him. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. He's got uh, a ton of young talent. Um, depends on how quickly they can they can uh, kind of evolve as players. Um, Osmer was supposed to be everything last year. Uh, Machado, it's going to be his first full year, so I, I really can't tell. Um, I don't think he's got a shot this year to break through those top four, but hopefully uh, that sets him off a little bit and, <laughs> and uh, gets him motivated. Uh, Crawford. Roy Halladay is having his own case of the cramps this preseason. Is there something the Phillies aren't telling us? Should the cramps begin to worry? Um, yeah, he's had some struggles, hasn't he? It's been interesting. Um, not used to seeing that from Halliday. I, you know, I, I don't think the cramps have a whole lot to worry about. I feel like unless there's a major, major injury there that we just don't know about yet, uh, they're still going to be in pretty good shape, even if Halliday is, you know, 60% of himself or uh, ends up being out for a little while. Uh, you know, the fact of the matter is Crawford is a pretty darn deep team there uh, pitching wise so uh, even if something goes very wrong uh, Brian has a has a good shot to to absorb that into the team and, and, and it not being too great an issue though I obviously you know he would like to have him for the run yeah I mean you're probably right um, he has in my opinion the best team in the league uh, so if anybody could um, shoulder that burden um, I just yeah, it's not going to be a problem for them. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 not. I mean, they've got too good of a team. Um, so let me give you a run on the bases bonus. This is like Uh-oh. when when the hitter strikes out but runs the first anyway because uh, the catcher drops the ball. Wah, wah. You ready? Shoot. The Miami Marlins lineup. Any parting shots? Uh, yes. Contract them now. Yeah. Seriously, I can't. 
I, you know they've won two titles, or is it two titles in the past what ten ten plus years or whatever? Inexplicably, I mean, you know, it's that's a joke I, of a franchise. It really is. What? I really can't knock them because they've won. I mean, yeah, but they just they just sued their season ticket holders. Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway thanks guys for joining us again uh it's been great uh thanks again to bill for coming on the show uh looking man looking forward to this season uh it should be a lot of fun so johnny good luck to your killer cars and we will get it started we will hopefully see you next month you have been listening to two men on and we're out I won't.